are welcome to Faith to Faith broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor T.B. Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Glory to Jesus. Um, we'll just kick off and I think continue from where we were yesterday. There are certain things that are very important, you know, for ministers of the gospel. I made a statement yesterday that there is no ministry that can function without the contribution of other ministries. Every ministry is a product of several other ministries. And I said here that I am a product of multiple impartations. We are dealing with the topic impartations and apostolic succession. The Bible calls us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. It means that what we are ministering is the Spirit. That same Spirit that was upon Jesus, Amen, that was upon the Apostles, is the same Spirit that is upon us. Glory to God. It's the same Spirit we are ministering. It is that consciousness a minister carries that he has a lineage from Jesus in ministry. Amen. <laughs> that makes the difference. Yesterday I made a statement and I like to just repeat it. Success in ministry is not an option. Part of what Jesus died for on the cross was for you to succeed in ministry. So he said that the pleasure of the Lord will prosper in your hands. Amen. It was part of the package. It was part of the package. That means that it is because of the cross my sins are forgiven. It is because of the cross that I am prospering. It is because of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus that everything is happening. It is the same death, burial, resurrection that makes my ministry successful. Amen. So inside Isaiah 53, I have forgiveness of sin. I have success in ministry. Amen. In that same Isaiah 53. Glory to God. I never started ministry with the idea that I could fail. Amen. Remember that when Jesus spoke that word in Matthew 16... Where he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Your ministry was inside. Amen. Your ministry. What's the called name of your ministry? Amen. It was inside that word. It's the prophetic word that was spoken. Your ministry was inside. Your, your ministry was in it. Because your ministry is part of the church. Glory to God. 
And that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Even if you didn't receive any other word from the Lord, that one is enough for your ministry. Spoken by Jesus himself. Glory to God. But it's important for us to understand that we're coming from somewhere. Let's start from Jude chapter 1 verse 3. And then we'll look further. He said, Beloved, I, give, I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. When I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should what? Earnestly contend. For what? For the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. This was Jude speaking. This statement, you know, there's, there's so many things that you read in the scriptures, you know, that you find that most of the epistles were saying the same thing, but in different ways. There are certain statements Paul made, that John also made that statement, but in a different way. There are certain statements James made, and Paul made that same statement in a different way. Hallelujah. Now, here, he will say, hey, we must contend for that faith which was once delivered. He believed that something was delivered. Peter said the same thing. Hallelujah. He talks about our common faith. Hallelujah. Our common faith. Paul said the same thing. He said, we having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written. He was saying the same thing. So, all of them believed that there was a faith that was delivered. And it's our responsibility to ensure... That we transfer exactly what was delivered. The originality of what was delivered to us. Christianity was designed to be perpetuated from one generation to the other. Hallelujah. Jesus. So let, let me just say this. You know, when we talk about apostolic succession, it's simply the idea that the Christian ministry or the ministry of the church, beginning with Jesus through the twelve apostles, passed on to twelve apostles, and to others and to others, hallelujah, continues up to us and to end in Jesus. That's what he means when he says he's the author and the finisher. Amen. He started it, he will come and end the age. Amen. Are you understanding the picture now? So what we're doing is one thing. Glory to God. It's one thing. And when you understand it that way, it makes ministry easy. Because you will see your path and just enter your paths. In Hebrews 6, the scripture talked about the doctrine of laying on of hands in verse 2. That there is a doctrine in the body of Christ of laying on of hands. Of transference of spirits. Amen. That's why Jesus 
called those twelve and ministered to them. Hallelujah. And then, from the upper room till date, hands have been laid, hands have been laid, hands have been laid up to you, and you will also lay hands. Are you understanding me? That's what we mean by apostolic succession. That there's something that is transferred. Listen, it didn't even start in the New Testament. It was in the Old. The patriarchs understood it. Abraham called Isaac and laid hands on him. Amen. And transferred something to Isaac. The blessing. Isaac did the same to... You know the story. Jacob and Esau. Jacob. Jacob did the same to Joseph. Are you understanding me? They understood it. What they were doing long before the law. It was not a practice. It was a revelation. They gave gifts to the other children. Then they transferred the blessing on the one that carried the inheritance. So, Christianity is about transference of inheritance. That's what ministry really is. So never take lightly the issue of they say they're laying hands on people. It's not a joke. I, 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 think, I think I addressed the issue of ordination yesterday, so I don't have to go back there. Why people need to be ordained? Now, the Catholic Church believes that they are the original ones that carry, you know, they believe that. You know. Because they believe that they are teaching on the apostolic succession. They believe that they were the ones the original apostles laid hands on. They have maintained that heritage over the years. Of course, you know, that's not how exactly it is. Amen. And uh, someone was talking to me about the Anglican Church, and they were saying, you know, that um, they believe that it was in context of who is a Catholic priest and an Anglican minister. And they said that if um, an Anglican priest is receiving someone that was a Catholic priest into their ministry, they don't ordain him again. Are you understanding me? They don't ordain him again. Because they believe that. <laughs> he's already received. Are you understanding? They don't, they don't ordain him again. They just receive him into the ministry. Now, these folks understood something. Let me explain something to you. Some of you will be wondering why have they not been rooted out from the face of the earth? They are carrying something too. Say, they are not preaching gospel. <laughs> But they are still there. I don't want to go into that now. That will take me a longer time to come out. But important thing to understand is this. We are carrying an inheritance. Hallelujah. So, when Paul came on the scene, I also established something about Paul. Because... A lot of people that have embraced the message of new covenant, message of grace and all that, misunderstand a lot of things, you know. And they think that um, um, the idea of the finished work of Christ means that there is disorder in God's... No, there's no disorder. 
Paul kept writing, let all things be done decently and in order. 1 Corinthians 14, 40. Let all things be done decently and in order. Why was he saying so? Because there was disorder. Are you understanding me? So let all things be done decently and in order. So Paul was ordained too. I said that yesterday. Paul that had a, a visitation. He was on his way to Damascus. The power of God came upon him. Light from heaven shone on him. He saw Jesus. Yeah, Jesus said, there's a man called Ananias. Go there. And some people think Ananias was just a brother. No, Ananias was a bishop. Amen. He laid down some Paul. Something transferred. After that, Paul went back and spent 15 days with Peter. After that, we also read again in Acts chapter 13 verse 1, there were certain prophets and teachers, hallelujah, in Antioch. And while they were together, while they fasted and prayed to minister to the Lord, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, unto the work whereunto I have called them. And they laid hands again on Paul. So Paul, hands were laid on Paul too. That's the point I tried to make. There is no one doing anything meaningful that did not receive a transfer. Amen. That's why people need to understand that doctrine of laying on of hands. That's why Paul was talking to Timothy. He said, hey, 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 young man, lay hands suddenly on no man. Lest you be a partaker. What was he dealing with? He understood that this thing is a heavy, is a heavy responsibility. Every one of us are connected. If they trace your roots, some of you are connected to John, Apostle Peter. Are you understanding me? Everybody is connected. Are you understanding me? That's why sometimes it's important that ministers learn about church history. It's not just to know stories. It's to understand that, look, 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 what you are doing. <laughs> if you think what you are doing is where it started, you are mistaken. It's a continuity. Are you understanding me? It's a continuity. You are continuing something. And that thing you are continuing, someone has carried it before. Katukuma always made this statement. She said in ministry, she always had this sense in her that what she was doing was not originally a woman's ministry. She always said it. If you are not conversant with church history, you will think the move of God, you know, there's a Buddha, I even think that the move of God started in the crusade I held last week. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? No. Neither did it start in Pensacola, Florida. It didn't start in uh, Toronto Blessing. Those of you that know all those ones. The move of God also did not start. It didn't even start in Azusa. 1906. No. It started in the upper room. Amen. That's where it started. It started in Acts chapter 2. And when they were gathered together in one accord, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a sound of a mighty rushing wind. That's where it started. That's where what you are doing now started. That day that there was that outpouring, you were in the plan. Amen. 
He said, this promise is to you and your children. And as many as the Lord will call afar off, you are those ones. Amen. You are inside it. So, 2,000 years back, when you trace, you'll find that this thing moved from one generation to the other, moved from one generation to the other, down to now let's just talk a little about you know most the what we're most conversant with is what happened at azusa okay so azusa revival 1906 god that was the beginning of the 20th century you understand what was being restored in that move of god is the apostolic faith what do you mean by the apostolic faith you know they believe that in the early church when the uh, um the, the era of the 12 apostles that apostolic era the signs and wonders the church was born in power and over the years it looked like those things they were not seeing those things again then in the beginning of the 20th century there was like a restoration of speaking in tongues amen so most of the time we always go back to that and there are a lot of records from that point so it's easy to relate with that but if you look even at that you will see that everybody is actually connected there was a man i told you yesterday i said part of what bishop david is doing is from alexander dovey amen are you understanding me alexander dovey stood as now, he didn't believe in speaking in tongues. Are you understanding me? He didn't believe in speaking in tongues. But he was a great man of God. Entered the century, you know, and all that. Had a massive organization. But you find that almost everybody that was in that Azusa move came across Alexander Dewey. John G. Lake worked with him. Amen. For about four years. He was the building manager in Zion City. That was the name of the place. He was there. It was there he learned how to minister to the sick. Praise God. Before he went to Africa. Am I communicating? That same John G. Lake was in the Azusa. When you hear names of Azusa, um, this guy, um, Robert Lydons, was talking about the case. And then he called Charles Parham the father of Pentecost. And called... Um, William Seymour, the catalyst of Pentecost. You know, at first some people think, thought he was just trying to put down the black guy, you know, because William Seymour was a black man, you know, and William Seymour, it was in his church that that Azusa said was his church. Are you understanding me? So the credit should be given to him, but no. William Seymour was a Bible school student of Charles Parham. The man that God gave the theme to carry the outpouring for that generation was Charles Parham. But even he did not understand what God gave him to carry. I have a letter I showed to you, I mentioned, I read to you two years ago. A letter that um, John G. Lake wrote to Charles Parham. And he was trying to tell him to take his place as the father of the movement. Now what I'm trying to make you understand is that when you, when you understand these things, you understand what people's roles are in your life. You now don't know this means, okay, this is what he carries. Amen. This is his role. I won't have conflicts. Amen. Let me just tell you a little about that. Then we go further. You know, what was happening 
in the beginning of that 20th century, from that 1901 down, the build-up started years before. Hallelujah. There was the holiness movement. And people had healings in those movements. The holiness movement. This was the pre- John Wesley days and these other guys. Then, God broke out. It was time for something new. And listen to me. God will always do something new. Amen. He will always do something new. And don't fight the new thing God is doing. If not, you will become outdated. Amen. That's happened several times. Maybe, I don't have any information on that. Maybe someone like Dewey would have been the one to spearhead that kind of thing, but he was not open to it. And then God said, visiting people. When they, everybody knew that God was about to do something new. God's about to do something new. 1900, 1901. Then, Charles Palm started a Bible school. And they were studying. And said, when they started studying, they got to the book of Acts. It's when they got to the book of Acts, the Bible school students were studying, that they found out that there is this missing, something is missing. Something is missing. And they came up with a line to say that speaking in tongues is the initial evidence. Amen. Of the infilling, you know, baptism of the Holy Ghost, as they called it at that time. A conclusion. Now, how are we going to receive it? That was the issue now. How are we going to receive it? How are we going to receive it? How are we going to get it? You know? But the man that God called in that hour to carry it was Chaspaham. But they were limited in knowledge. They were praying every day about this thing. Every day about this thing. Until one day, a sister in the church said, I believe that I can receive it. Sister Agnes Osman. She walked up to Chaspar and said, Lay hands on me and I will receive the Holy Ghost. He said, Even me, I have not received. He said, Don't worry, lay hands. When he laid hands, she received. What does that mean? And I probably brought that story. It was his inheritance. That's the point I'm trying to make. He had not received the Holy Ghost. He laid hands on her. She started speaking in tongues. That's when he now desired it. So, in that 20th century, she was the first to speak in tongues. It was a woman. So, God is not against women. Amen. 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 So, the first to speak in tongues. Started speaking in tongues. Revival broke forth in that Bible school. One particular day, everybody in class got filled with the Holy Ghost. All the students in that school, they were studying the book of Acts. Those 28 chapters, there's fire inside those 28 chapters. Amen. They're studying it. Reading, studying it. Something broke out. Then, God told him. He also got filled some time later. I said, speaking in tongues. God now told him, this outpouring, take it around the world. So he was doing Bible schools in different places. Go here, set up a Bible school. They were not paying tuition. They go here, set up a Bible school. It was one of those Bible schools in Houston, Texas, that William Seymour attended. Amen. And received it. And went to Los Angeles and started Azusa. Amen. Now, you will think that these things were just happening in America. No, 
It was touching everywhere. It was touching everywhere. I will show you how it connects to you. There was a woman that was in Azusa. She was a black woman of Liberian origin. When she received, she went back to Liberia. And so the gospel with fire came to West Africa. If you study church history, you will find that between 1910 and 1912, before that period was before the First World War, here in the Niger Delta region, I've told you about that guy before, Garik Sukari Braid. Amen. Alright? Not far from these Calabari villages. He was shaking the places in miracles, prophetic utterances. Are you understanding me? That thing came from that Azusa. Amen. Some of your grandparents, you don't even know. It's not only Juju they knew. Some of them, those things touched them. Amen. Yes. It was after that that the Oge Okoye, Oke Oye, uh, what they call the, the, uh, the move of uh, Babalola, them. Amen. 1929, 1930 started. Hallelujah. Now, let's see it this way. Do you know that most of what you have, any ministry today that is doing something massive, it's not, they didn't produce any new thing. They just carried something that was already existing. Understand, there is something that is already existing that is your own. Amen. Some people think ministry is starting something. Innovation. It's not, ministry is not innovation. You know, it's not innovation. It's not innovation. This is not innovation. Ministry is not innovation. What will you innovate? Can you renovate God? <laughs> Amen. No. He's ahead of you. Glory to God. See, there are some statements Paul made that are deeper than how we think. When Paul said, talking in Ephesians 2.10, when he said, For we are his workmanship. He said, created in Christ Jesus for good works which he had before ordained that we should walk in them. You now begin to understand that. There is already a path. Find it. Amen. Ministry is just discovery. Amen. Everybody, John G. Lake was connected to William Seymour. They were all connected. Mention names. F.F. Bosworth. They are all connected. Hallelujah. F.F. Bosworth started working with William Abraham 20 something years after. Huh? He was the one preaching daytime. William Abraham preached in the evening. This, 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 this transference, that same thing. And when people recognize, it's just like among the twelve tribes, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, everybody should know who carries the inheritance. Amen. And then you honor that person. Glory to God. Are you understanding me? Well, this is how God shared it. This is your own. This is my own. I can enjoy what you carry if I honor it. 
I know that there are ministries in this country that carry things. Some, I know some people don't even see what it is. You know. Let me just give an example. You see, Redeem Christian Church of God. That thing is not. <laughs> that you are seeing is not. Is not the man is to fast and pray. No, it's not fast. It's not that he fast and pray. It's the thing that he carries that is pushing him to fast and pray. It's too heavy. Let me give you a peep into what redeem really is. Amen. You know, when in the early 20th century, the strong passion was for the restoration of the apostolic faith. That's what they were, you know, apostolic faith, apostolic faith, apostolic faith. That was what they were after. What they meant by apostolic faith? The same faith that the apostles had. Amen. Okay? Being restored back. That was the passion. During the Azusa revival, William Seymour used to publish a newsletter. It was titled Apostolic Faith. That was the newsletter. When John G. Lake went to South Africa to start his ministry, he called it Apostolic Faith Mission. Are you understanding me? It's the same thing they were doing in different ways. When Redeemed Christian Church of God started, the first name he called it was Apostolic Faith Mission of South Africa. That means that that same thing happened in South Africa. Amen. <laughs> and what was happening in South Africa? In one year, John G. Lake planted 100 churches. In four and a half years, he planted he planted 625 churches. That same thing is what you are seeing in Redeemed. In those four years, they had, he ordained 1,250 ministers. They had hundreds of thousands of converts. So, the, the original, the, um, Josiah Kindayami, the first name he called redeemed was Apostolic Faith Mission of South Africa. They said, they not, he was not educated. No, here is not South Africa. And I changed it to Apostolic Faith Mission of West Africa. Until God had told him, see the name of the church, Redeemed Christian Church of God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> because that thing they heard that was happening there is what they were replicating here. Am I communicating? So it's a heritage. That's what I'm explaining to you. Yesterday I was tracing for you at Bishop Benson Daosa. And I was explaining something. He had to go to CFNI, that's Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas. God only says ministry. Now, understand that even God only says starting a Bible school, there was no Bible school for a long time after the Parham times. God only said cut it. What was it replicating? What has Parham did? Amen. In 1901 or something. God only say started that in the 70s, between 68 and 70. Amen. I started the first Bible school. 
before Rema Bible three, then Rema Bible not study. That same Bible school, praise God, it was God's plan from the beginning. Archbishop went there. CFNI. Archbishop came, he called his own All Nations for Christ. It's the same thing. Amen. <laughs> Christ for all nations. These are all nations for Christ. He understood the issue of inheritance. He came back, Taylor's born, he had connected with Taylor's born as a spiritual father, and came back here. Because who was doing all the connection? Pa Elton, Elisha, the white British missionary that was there. All the major people and players in that era met that man. Let me explain something to you. What God wants to do for this generation is already in the generation. It's locked in people. Amen. It's locked in people. When we are praying, we are praying to know where. Are you understanding me? Not that God gives us. It's already locked in people. Locked in people. That's why impartations are important. I was explaining to you. You know, there's this story that people talk. Um, um, Rambonke was doing crusades. Doing crusades. He had met. He had met. He received an impartation from the Jeffrey brothers on the streets of the uh, United Kingdom when he was going around, and then he saw the uh, plaque in front of a house, and he said, ah, "Is this the Jeffrey evangelist?" He said, "Yes." At that time, everybody had forgotten the man. He went in there, and the man laid hands on him. He came back and said, "Impact in Africa." He was having crusades though. But there was a dimension he couldn't enter. Are you understanding me? He, couldn't, he was having crusades. Then 8,000 people gathered, 10,000 people gathered. Then Archbishop Bensidausa of Africa now said, Bonke, you have been doing crusade. Come and see crusade. Amen. Invited him to Nigeria. That's the first time he saw 500,000 people. He received an impartation. He went back. His crusade started becoming 100,000, 200,000. Are you understanding me? Every phase of your ministry, impartations that you require, they are locked in people. You will pray. You will pray. Then the Spirit of God will instruct you. Amen. Go there. Do this. Do that. I will always honor Bishop David Eriko because I said something. I said, I don't know of anybody that has done more with the impartations they received than that man. Amen. God does not limit you in what you do with what you received. All of us can receive the same thing, but it's what I will do with it. Amen. I met a minister in just my recent trip in America. And um, he's a Canadian, his, his, his ministry is in Canada. And then he was telling me he had, he had written a book. So I heard him talking to another person, and he was saying, Ask the person, Are you from Nigeria? He said, Wow, do you know Bishop David Rilpo? <laughs> I said, you, I'm like, Who is talking about him here? 
He said, see him in my book. So he opened the book and a page in the book, he took a picture of Bishop. He said, this man changed my life forever. So he said, please, tell us the story. What happened? So he said, he has been hearing about him. So he came to Nigeria, is it 2006 or so? And went all the way to go and see him. That it was not looking like he would ever meet him. But that every opportunity was trying to go close. So one of those moments, Bishop Edipo saw him. I said, who is that fellow? Allow him come. So he came. And then he said, call, call all my pastors. Let them come and see what hunger, spiritual hunger looks like. Amen. This is what spiritual hunger looks like. So he held the guy's hand. This is the person telling me now, saying it. And then he took him to his office. He understood. See, today what you are understanding is what these things are. And how ministry will be easy for you. When Bishop Edipo took him to the office, Bishop said, held him by the hand. He said, 20 something years ago, I can't remember the number of years now. Aura Roberts held my hand like this and took me into his office. And he told me to look around and that anything I see here, I should go back to Nigeria and replicate it. So, I'm holding your hand now. And I'm also mandating you. When you live here, whatever you see, God replicated. That was it. That was a transfer. Are you understanding me? Good. Now, it's not up to what the man will do with it. Are you understanding me? What many people did not understand about the great man of God, Reverend Christian Akilome, was where he was coming from. He served under Archbishop Benson Idaosa. He's a young fellow. He has told the story himself, being in that library, a small office, very close to Archbishop's office. He was working there when he was very young. And he had access to materials that his mates <laughs> saw 20 years after. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. So, it's like the right of the firstborn was delivered to him. They were having their camp meeting in the early days and he was trying to get he was connected to them so he was in Benin so they went to invite actually they wanted Archbishop to come but they didn't have the liver to invite Archbishop so they went to invite Mama Bishop Margaret Daosa to come so when he went to the house they allowed him to go to the house waiting for Bishop Margaret to come out it was Archbishop that came out so he stood up I just said, who are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for Mama. <laughs> he said, why are you looking for her? He said, we, <laughs> we are inviting her for a program. Abishab was a spiritual man. Listen to this thing I'm saying now. As I'm talking, no things are jumping on you. I hope you know. You know that? Because I'm connecting you to something. Amen. He said, when is the program? He said, he mentioned the day. He said, what time is the program? He said, 8 p.m. He told him the time. He said, what time 
Then Archbishop now said, Okay, I will come. <laughs> he was not talking. He said, I'm coming to invite Mama for a program. He said, Okay, I will come. He understood that it was him that was supposed to go. He said, Okay, I will come. He now said, What time do you want me to minister? <laughs> it's up as Christ to say, You are not the one. He said, He told him, 8 o'clock. <laughs> he now said, What if I come by 8.30? He said, No, 8 o'clock. What if I come 9 o'clock? He said, No, sir, 8 o'clock. He just wanted to see how, you know. He said, I will come. And he left. And to their greatest surprise, because long before they were praying, Pastor Chris and his other friends were praying, and they had a vision that Archbishop walked into their meeting, but they didn't know how it was going to happen. And then Archbishop came. That started a relationship. A year or so before he died, he called Pastor Chris, took him around, showed him things, told him things he wants to do, told him to kneel down, he laid hands on him. That's what many people don't know. People don't just wake up and do awesome things. Are you hearing me? No. Pastor Joseph Prince has been going for Kenahagin Cup meeting for many years. There's an old tape. Kenahagin was talking about brother Joseph brother Prince Joseph Prince from Singapore. Amen. Are you understanding me? Glory to God. There's something that we all carry. Amen. I invited Reverend Miko here last, was it last year? January last year? How many of you know Reverend Miko? You've heard of him before. Awesome guy. Reverend Miko was the connector between Kenehagen Ministries and Nigeria. Amen. He, he told us here, we interviewed him, how he started getting some materials, then in 1978, for the first time, he went for Kenehagen camp meeting. When I was talking yesterday, I, I said something. Um, the date is not 80s, 1979. When Pastor Enoch Adebayo followed Pastor um, Akindaomi to Rema. It was not 80, it was 79. Because he died in 1980. So it was 1979. He went for the first time. Those years, God was doing something. Hallelujah. So when Reverend Miko came here, and he was just, you know, he's a gentleman, you know, unassuming, you know, just teach the word of God, teach the word of God. You know, like, Pastor Peter, you like it? I said, I'm okay, you know, <laughs> you know, like that. So I said, um, Sir, you will, you will impart us. He said, uh, You know, they are pastors, you know. I said, No, you will minister to us. <laughs> he maybe thought I would forget it. <laughs> so Monday night, he just came, thought he was coming down from the stage to go. <laughs> I said, For where? <laughs> you cannot carry this thing and come and carry it and go. Amen. <laughs> You know, so I said, sir, 
Some of you were here that day. And I said, you know, I said, you should pray for us. But if I just say pray for us, I know what he will pray. You know, there's prayer, there's prayer. You don't know. I've told you the story about how a girl, I think it was, that was Ada or Roberts. Her father was in the hospital. And he had an accident and was in coma or something like that. And she sent for, she said he shouldn't, Ada Roberts or Shambak, one of them, said he shouldn't pray, do anything until her pastor comes. So they called him to come and pray for the father. So he just came there and said, Oh, Father Lord, help this man. You know, just pray like that as they're going. The girl was under 10. She held him. Go and pray for my dad. He said, No, I've prayed. He said, No. Pray your miracle crusade prayers for my daddy. She held him. So he turned back. And when I said, in the name of Jesus, spirit of death, loose, the man woke up. That means that if the girl didn't do like that, the father would have died. That's how Reverend Miko wanted to go. <laughs> so I said, sir. I said, did can a Copeland ever lay hands on you? His eyes lightened up. Like he remembered it. Yeah. I said, can I hear him? He said, yes, 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 yes. I said, you remember how it was earlier? He said, lay hands on us. So, so. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> Glory to God. Why do you think, now I'm connecting a lot of things, that Isaac said, make me venison such as I love, that my soul will bless you. Has he not been praying before? But there's something... He wanted to release. Amen. Are you understanding me? Glory to Jesus. So these things don't just happen. Paul was writing in Romans 1.11. He said, For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. Why didn't he transfer the impartation through the letter? He was already writing. He said, no, I need to see you for that one. Amen. I need to see you. I need to see you. The word impart there, the Greek word is metadidomai. That same word is found in Romans 12. You know, we always read Romans 12. Give me verse 8. Romans 12. We always read it this way. Watch. He that exalted. Okay, let's start from 7. So, let's start from 7. Please go up again. Let's just, so, my focus is 8. Okay. So, he's talking about giftings. Having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us. Whether the gift is prophecy, let us prophesy according to the profession of our faith. 7. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministry. Or he that teacheth on teaching. He's talking about different things. Or he that exhorted on exhorting. Some people think that he that giveth is talking about financial. No. The word giveth there is imparted. Meta didu my. Amen. The one that has the gift of impartations. Amen. If you do it with simplicity. Glory to God. 
Are we getting somewhere? How much more can I go? Amen. <laughs> Alright. Now, I want to just connect you to two things and then we'll be done. I was talking about the walking, the gifts, diversities of operations. Romans 12, sorry, 1 Corinthians 12, 6. It starts by saying there are differences of administrations or diversities of gifts. There are differences of administrations. There are diversities of operations. And I explained to you that differences, diversities, diversities, the same word that was used, all right? was varieties. That's what actually she read. Okay? So, there are varieties of what it means by administration, varieties of ministries, there are varieties of gifts, then he came to workings. There are varieties of operations, means the workings. Amen. Energema, the workings. How it functions. How it functions. That's why sometimes a minister wants to enter another nation to start something. And then the Holy Ghost leads him to the leading apostle of that nation to maybe sow a seed. Why? Because that's how you share in what God has given to that man. Amen. And so in that respect, you will not find that that's how we're all linked. We're all linked. There are some things you're working in today that are great transferred graces. Amen. And then there are some things that have not started happening. Why? Because you've not received that thing. Glory to God. We've been planting churches since 2000. And since we started being in 2002, 2001, when church started, campus fellowships and all that. But the dimension that is in my heart is what I was reading to you, was mentioned to you, the John G. Lake, 100 churches in one year, 625 in four years, those kind of things. Yeah. So it's good I'm telling you before the time. Amen. <laughs> That's why I've been praying about it for some years now. I've been praying about it. I know that the next dimension of our church planting is that way. And the Spirit of God started doing the, the, His thing. Then I started meeting people that carry that inheritance. Amen. Are you understanding me? I know what's happening. That's the only way those things will happen. The Spirit of God starts leading you. Go there. Sometimes it's through books. Are you as enemy? It could be even with tapes. You are listening to something comes upon you. But you must be exposed. See, if you don't interact with those things, you will never walk in them.
the chemical plants brought a dimension of prosperity to the body of Christ that had never been known. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Bishop Edekbo will tell you till tomorrow. He was reading Gloria Copeland's book. It was from there that dimension came. Are you understanding me? You cannot say you want to walk. See, this is, you can prosperity. There's prosperity. Yeah. Then there are dimensions of wealth. Are you understanding me? Yeah, you understand that? Someone that given away 23 airplanes. I've lost count now. That was the last, 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 that was some years ago. 23. Giving out 23. Productivity, I said, is the proof of knowledge. If someone is producing results, there's something he knows. But in this case now, he carries something. Amen. He carries something. Ryan Bonke's ministry is running today because of Kenneco Plan Ministries. The greatest financial support that Rare Bunky Ministry has is from Kenneco Plan Ministries. Sometimes we receive $2 million a month. So you talk about dimensions of prosperity. And find out all the folks that went around him. <laughs> the same thing. There's no one that doesn't have his own private jet airplane. No one. It's not that they were struggling to have it. It just came upon them. Is an inheritance. Bishop connected. Airplane also came out. Amen. <laughs> it has nothing to do with what country you come from. Are you understanding me? That thing you are looking for is already on the earth. Somebody's carrying it. Amen. Is it dimensions of manifestation of the spiritual gifts of the spirit? Somebody's carrying it. Somebody is carrying it. Is it a, a, a particular function you want to see manifested in your ministry? Somebody is carrying it. In the evening, I will tell you how to receive. Amen. And then we will enter that flow. But understand something here. All... God is the source of all impartation. Hallelujah. He's the source of all impartation. Is God actually giving it to you? Through that man. Hallelujah. Remember I told you that the gifts, the fivefold offices are part of what we got in the resurrection of Christ. Hallelujah. He said he led captive captive in history. Then he ascended. When he ascended, that he gave gifts unto men. So we eh, are gifts, part of your salvation package. Amen. The fivefold ministry gifts are part of the salvation package. So receive it. You receive forgiveness of sin. Receive Bishop David Rubo. Amen. Receive Pastor TV Peters. Uh-huh. Receive it like that. That's how. Receive all of them together. Read Paul's mandate. He said, and to preach forgiveness of sin and the inheritance. And inheritance among them that are sanctified. You read Acts 20.32. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you what? An inheritance. The first one I quoted 26.18. You know, so 
you find that <laughs> it's yours. This was Paul was teaching the Corinthian church. He said, hey, you're arguing about Peter. And all things are yours. Amen. Whether Paul or Apollos, we are all yours. That's what he was communicating. That's why sometimes when God wants to do something in your life, He, he shows you where it is already happening. Amen. He shows you where it is already happening. Look at where it is happening. Then you go there, so your heart starts opening to it. So God started giving me friends that have... Now, understand, let me, let me come from this angle. Years ago, the Spirit of God told me, you know, and he said, ask of me the hidden for thy inheritance. And the ends of the earth for thy inheritance. And, I asked, and he gave me the nations. Amen. He gave me the nations. And ask people, all these things we'll be talking about. There are several testimonies you've heard. So ask people come and say, I want to go to this country. And we lay hands on them. He gave us the nations. Amen. He gave us the nations. It's my heritage. But there are folks that their ministry has broken into 80 countries, 70 countries. Are you understanding me? The redeemed Christian Church of God is in over 110 countries. Our Bishop Benson also preached in over 145 countries. So, God starts leading me and say, look, this thing that is your heritage. Eh? There are already people that there's, that's the function already in their life. Amen. Go there. Something will be imparted to you. I told you I had, in this my last trip, my friends were sitting down. The things they were discussing, your mind will fry. Amen. Blow it with jam. You know, your, your mind will jam. Blow your The things they were discussing. But you know what God was doing? To bring you to a place where the Bible says God gave Solomon largeness of heart. Amen. That's what every minister, amen, must have what that largeness of heart. I don't intend to talk down on any ministry in this city. I honor everyone in this city. But years back, when pastors get to churches of 2000, 3,000 this is just sit down and relax. <laughs> As if it's over. Pastor B.O. may say, no be so. Amen. <laughs> Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? You know? He went and replicated what's happening in Lagos here. That's inheritance. What he's doing here, nobody has ever done. Are you hearing from me? It's inheritance. The first thing was the largeness of hearts. He could see the possibility. It can be done. Amen. It can be done. It can be done. Sometimes when you even see the transference of spirits, the experiences the people had was almost similar. Almost similar. Taylor's man was sitting there in that meeting where he saw William Abraham doing miracles. 
And then a voice started telling him, you can do the same thing. You can do the same thing. Do you know some sons of Taylor's born? That was the same experience they had when they were listening to his tape. They heard the voice. Hey, you can do the same thing. You can do the same thing. I met one of them. He said the same thing. He, said, I, he was just saying, I can do the same thing. And that was it. Why was that so? It's the same spirit. So I sat down with someone that had 4,000 churches. Hallelujah. 4,000 churches. I said, sir, is it 40? 400 or 4,000? You know there's a difference between these things. Say 4,000. I said, that's what the Lord is saying. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes, Anna, that's what the Lord is saying. Glory to God. Enlargement of heart is taking place. Listen to me. We are strategically positioned in Port Harcourt City. This city is in the plan of God for the now. That your ministry is located here is not by accident. It's not by accident. Anywhere I go, I tell them, I'm from River State. Where the rivers of living water flow from. You know, the Bible says there is a river. The streams whereof, Psalm 46 verse 4, make glad the city of God. Amen. I live where the rivers flow from. There are, see, there are connections between physical things and spiritual things. There are connections. As you are reading, some of you are reading books. Some of you are listening to tapes. You will see your portion. Amen. Hey, this is my own. I've seen it. This is the thing I am to do. Some of the names of programs you see that churches are holding, it's not your name of program. Reverend Chris came and said, Healing from Heaven. It was in, how many of you know that? Healing from Heaven. That is healing meeting. Lillian Yeomans, amen, had a strong healing ministry. She had a magazine, Healing from Heaven. He carried it. This is the inheritance for healing ministry. One word from God. You think we're just talking? <laughs> yes, I think we're just, it's just a good caption for program. It's not a good caption for program. It's something we carried. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Now, you, you, you're already doing ministry. Understand what we're saying here. That thing you are doing, you will now begin to find out that, okay, you might not have understood before now, but now your eyes are open. Hallelujah. You are seeing, okay, this thing I'm doing is supposed to be something that already, has already happened. Now I'm trying to find what, where it really connects. You will see it. Of course, not a physical thing, it's spiritual. The Lord will show you. Amen. That's why God connects you to ministry sometimes. You can't be connected to every ministry. Hello? It's not possible. 
But there are ministries, there are certain ministries that God has planted you in or connected you with. Understand it. I've not even started my notes. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. It's like now I want to start teaching. <laughs> I've been overtaken by events. Amen. All right. I will round up. We'll close by 12 or thereabouts. Are you receiving something? Are you sure you're receiving something? So I just sound again. Apostolic succession is the method whereby the ministry of the Christian church is held to be derived from Jesus Christ to the original 12 apostles by a system of continuous succession. Hallelujah. Until the return of Christ. You know, um, the scripture in 2 Timothy 2 verse 2, Paul was saying to Timothy, put it up, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. This thing he was talking about is how ministries transferred from one generation to the other. Hallelujah. He said, the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same. The same. The same. Not something like it. The same. Commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to what? To teach others also. So, you're receiving something. You will transfer it. Hallelujah. It is true apostolic succession that the ministry of the church is carried from one generation to the next. We are all beneficiaries and should be contributors to the succession plan of God. Hallelujah. We are all beneficiaries. Apostolic succession ensures perpetuity, order, and preservation of the tenets of the faith. I quoted Jude 1, 3. Below, when I gave all diligence to write unto you, Of the common salvation, it was necessary for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. It now changes how we do our membership classes to teach believers. It changes how and why we ordain people into ministry. It also changes why we are in ministry. Amen. It gives better understanding and clarity to why we are in ministry. I know my heritage. I know. And I'm not confused about it. And as they're selling things, I can sit down and say, okay, maybe I learned something from here, but I know that <laughs> it's not my flow. Amen. 
And anybody that speaks or acts in a way that tries to undermine my heritage, we cannot be friends. Amen. <laughs> we can't be. We can't be. Pray in tongues a little. She prayed. Lala she proto solida baso leti lemon bregedi malon obroso whatever is born in your heart just give it expression for a few minutes ratund bredishke proto solida aske melebon bregedi solo proto so bande ekleteze melebon bregedi so proto so lala aleleleze meron bregedus bregedia talia dagere malana brabus bregedia talia lelelezo bregedia lamando brabus brabus bregedia ladede meron brabus bregedia rezo bredi Melebron Bergadus Bergadia Talia Rose Bergadia Manda Bros Bergadia Talia Rose Bergadia Talia Gatecate Lamanda Bos Bergus Randa Blandos Bergadia Talia Rose Bergadia Talia Gatecate Manda Bos Bergus Bergus there are some people that God has graced with large and mega. Hallelujah. If you want to see mega, you can receive. Amen. And you must recognize that. Dr. Yonggi Cho did not just start doing massive things in South Korea. He said the largest church in South Korea at that time was the Presbyterian Church. He went and I think the church was sitting 6,000. He went and measured it. He was in faith for it. But you know what? He was connected to Billy Graham. Amen. Billy Graham was doing massive crusades in America. Are you understanding how these things work? <laughs> he will tell you then that Billy Graham was his mentor. Amen. So whatever Billy Graham was doing, that thing that was upon Billy Graham, that large crowds will turn up in his crusades. What is he preaching? Jesus loves you. No miracle. Large crowds. It's an inheritance. It's an inheritance. Is Joel Austin doing healing crusades? No. All around America, those his meetings holding. They are packing out stadiums. It's not. It's inheritance. Are you understanding me? It's inheritance. We've been those meetings. Yeah, Victoria, come and say something. Praise the Lord. We just thank God for what He's been doing. In our, uh, uh, hey, give it back to Him. He'll just talk. Just talk. They play their music. Next city, the people pack out again. They sell tickets, so it's not free. Sir, they sell tickets, they still pack out the place. Every month, there's, there's one, now they even do it sometimes twice in a month. They're in one city or the other holding those meetings. Inheritance. Praise the Lord. It's easy. It's easy. Look at what say it's easy. It's easy. You need to understand and accept that it's easy. The Holy Spirit will direct you. 
you came for this meeting specifically because he wanted to enlighten you on these things. Amen. And you will see that between August and December, ministry will be so different from January to July. You begin to wonder, hallelujah, it will be so remarkable, it will be like darkness and light. So different. As a sign. It's inheritance. That's why don't criticize anything that is working. No. Don't criticize anything that is working. The, the worst you can say is, I don't understand it. This is my last trip. I won't mention the name of somebody. There's a minister in this country that I don't know what, I don't understand what he's doing. He's not preaching, he's not preaching the message of finished works. Huh? It's not what you say. You know, some people that are a word of faith, but they've not understood. They've not understood your sins are forgiven forever. You understand that? No, he's not even preaching word of faith. It's not word of faith. I'll call him a deliverance minister. Are you understanding me? He has massive crowds. Deliverance minister. One day I met somebody in America. This July. Then he mentioned that guy's name. He said, do you know him? I said, Mama, like, sir, how do you know that person? He said, I, I laid hands on him. I started shouting, hey, no wonder. Are you understanding me? He carried that thing. He's inside deliverance. He's doing it too. Are you understanding me? He has massive crowds. But are you understanding? I said, I said, sir, you know him? He said, yes. He was here. I laid hands on him. And I was quiet. I said, okay, because I used to wonder what people are going there to do. Are you understanding me? That's why I told you that the core function, when you carry it, <laughs> you might even be doing motivational talk. The same results will be happening in that place. Go and look. Anybody doing something like Joyce Meyer, all of them, go and trace. You will see where they are coming from. Amen. Nothing mega happens by accident. It's connected. I told you yesterday that there were no mega churches in Nigeria. You know, mega churches are not, you want to talk about 5,000, 8,000, 10,000. Mega churches are 100,000, 80 and above, let's say 50,000 and above. There are no mega churches in Nigeria until after 1980. It was after those guys there going to drink from Rema. Amen. Pastor Enokadebo, he said it. He said, I didn't know anything about faith. I heard one Hagi man, you know, as he used to talk in Tulsa, he said, let's go and see. When we went there, we got faith. And we started having the big, big churches. <laughs> you know how he talks. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Our ministries will never remain the same. Our ministries never remain the same. There are strong words. This August, today, the beginning of August. Hallelujah. That the Lord is speaking to us as ministers of the gospel.
that hearing these things is connecting your spirits to the streams you need for the next things you need to do. Amen. Those streams are flowing into your work. Hallelujah. And they are bringing life into what you are already doing in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. Let's rise to our feet this morning and just begin to thank the Lord. Bless His name everywhere. Thank Him. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Hey!